Did you know that you can have so much monumental success on YouTube by being niche and not even having a lot of subscribers? You are going to love this interview that I have for you today because we're going to dive into just that. Welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast. This podcast is hosted by me, Desiree Martins. Every week, I'm going to be showing up in your earbuds to inspire you on your YouTube journey with killer interviews with women YouTube creators, deep dives into the inner workings of how YouTube works, and discussing all the things about YouTube culture and the impact it is having on our world. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with vidIQ, where they help you maximize your videos and YouTube reach by studying titles, description, tags, and playlists relevant to your subject matter, while also studying your competitors to help you know exactly what you should be doing for your YouTube growth. So if you're a female creator looking to grow your channel, level up your content, and learn from the best women creators on the platform to get you on your way to YouTube success and future-proofing your income, this is the perfect place for you. Let's do this. What's up, ladies? Welcome to another episode of the Women of YouTube Podcast. I am so pumped to be up in them earbuds today because we got some good stuff happening. We're going to be doing some amazing conversations some deep dives into how you can make five, six figures with less than a thousand subscribers by building out your business correctly with the help of YouTube. As we all know, YouTube is not a business model. Like we're not here to just like create videos and get all of those dollars and pennies that YouTube is going to be giving us in our AdSense. And that's of course, after we qualify with like over a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time and all of their conditions and stuff. And then we have to hope that they put our videos in front of the right people. No. What you can do is by using a search-based strategy, you're going to be able to build out your business, like your service that you offer, your digital product that you have, the affiliates that you have in the place, all the things that you need to build out your business and make you revenue out the gate before you even start. Like this is where this is going to happen. And you can use a search-based strategy, create videos for your target demographic and bring in new customers by creating the right funnels and the right stuff. Now I know this might seem like a lot for some of you, especially if like you're kind of new and you're like, well, Des, I don't have a service or whatever. I promise when this episode is over, Jen is going to give you so much confidence, so much information, so much examples to help you through this that you're going to be like, why haven't I been doing this the whole time? And so you are going to love this episode because if you're not making money now, you will be by the time this episode is over. You're gonna have a plan and you're gonna know exactly what to do. And I'm also really excited to share with you next week, you're gonna start hearing a whole brand new advertising up in this podcast situation to help you. I'll say that again. I also want to make sure that you know next week, we're going to have a new partner on the Women of YouTube podcast to help you with what you're trying to accomplish, which is this very thing, making more money. We have partnered up with Spreadshop, which is going to help you with creating products the right way so that you can make revenue with your community based on their love for you with whatever products that might be. And what's really important to me is that you know how to do it, that you have a really solid foundation. That is why we're also going to have episodes and live streams that are gonna be available over in the Women of YouTube uh, community on Facebook, where you're gonna learn what it takes to build out the right merch that people want to buy, how to sell it correctly and how to make money from it. Because I don't know about you, I have created merch and sold zero things. So Spreadshop is going to help us through that. You're going to start hearing their advertisement starting on next week's episode, but I did not want you to be blindsided by that. And I hope that you're really excited to have a new way to make money and do it right and effectively and all of the things. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Jen. I am pumped for this interview. Why? Because Jen 
found a way to make more than five figures with less than a thousand subscribers. So we're going to spill all of the tea about this. Jen, you ready? I'm ready. All right. So tell us why YouTube. YouTube came out of necessity in 2020 when live events got shut down because pre before uh, YouTube, I was speaking on stages as the primary way of growing my audience and getting people interested in my business and, and getting clients. But in 2020, live events got shut down and that wasn't a possibility for me anymore. And one of my speaker friends, Roger Wakefield, he's known as like the world's most famous plumber on YouTube, uh, said to me, why don't you just go to YouTube? You need to be on YouTube. And so I took his advice and it has changed my life. And so that's that's the reason why I got into YouTube was out of necessity. Okay. So tell us, what is your channel about and how are you using it to, to replace your speaking? Okay. So when I first started the channel, it was broad and it was about attraction marketing in general, how to grow your business with, you know, market dominating position and lead magnets and email conversion and social media. And it was really a broad topic. And the, but I started creating videos about magazine publishing and because one of the authority marketing strategies that I had created for myself as a speaker and a coach was publishing my own magazine. And so I started sharing some videos about magazine publishing and how it's changed with technology. And I created a term called the magazine funnel, which is a traditional magazine combined with a sales funnel. And I coined that term and I started creating videos about magazine funnels. And those videos started going, they skyrocketed. And they put me on the front page of YouTube, all of YouTube for the search term magazine publishing. And so once I started to see more success with magazine publishing, I decided to double down on the content because that's what any good YouTube coach would tell you to do. And that's what mine told me to do. And so I started doubling down on the magazine publishing content. And so now my channel, the banner says, um, make money with a magazine funnel. And so primarily my content is about magazine publishing, but then I sprinkle in attraction marketing strategies and tips. Love that. Now, how have you been able to use this uh, YouTube to replace your income? Like what are people, I guess, what's your product? I think that's the best way. What is your product that you're selling that has allowed for you to replace your speaking income? So I have a service where I create done for you magazine funnels. So I have a, a, a team and a service where we publish magazines. We help entrepreneurs and business owners publish their own magazine and we build the funnel to fuel it and drive it and make it help them hit their goals. So that's the primary service that I provide. And then I also do marketing consulting and coaching. Okay. So then I got to ask this question. Mm -hmm. So you're helping people mm -hmm. with print magazine. It's both. Yes. With, with, yeah, print with digital, uh -huh. like through a digital platform. Yes. How are you able to like, I, I know a lot of industries are, are struggling with mm -hmm. old media and, and new technology. Like I see in a lot of different industries, like uh, I have a, a cousin and an aunt that run an apartment marketing company. And they're always talking about how the apartment business is just so far behind that they don't want to adopt technology and do new mm -hmm. things when all of the people that they're bringing in to rent their apartments are like digital and they want to do everything online mm -hmm. and stuff. 
how are you able to, and you're using YouTube, which I think is like really forward thinking, like, even though there's so many creators, mm -hmm. like there's still not enough for everybody. Like there's so many people that are not using this platform. still not even thinking about it yeah. as an option. So how are you like building this bridge for print media to new media? Well, that's actually the easiest part of it because any business or any, okay. Any marketer, one of our responsibilities is to show the vehicle of change. Russell Brunson would call it right. There has to be a new opportunity. There has to be people like new stuff. They like new ideas. They like new twists on old concepts that they know work. I'm a Dan Kennedy disciple and um, he is a big proponent of just do what always works. You don't have to constantly be looking for the shiny new object with all this tech built into it. And that has worked for me. And and it works for my clients. So a lot of my clients come from that train of thought where just because it's new doesn't mean it's better that, mm -hmm. you know, what works works regardless of what the popular opinion of it is. And so a lot of my clients get that they get that, you know, writing books still works, um, right. You know, publishing your own magazine, it still works having your own show. It still works. Like those things work. It doesn't all have to be super tech driven. And so for me, I'm just showing them the new opportunities in magazine publishing. That's why I call it a magazine funnel and not just a magazine. So that's, that's kind of my strategy that I developed with it. And so were you selling, did you have this funnel in place before YouTube? magazine. I had my own magazine funnel in place. So the, so the primary way that I was growing my business, getting new prospects and new clients was speaking on stages. That's okay. easy, right? Like you get invited to a conference, there's 500 people in the audience. You're going to walk away. You're going to walk out with clients if you know how to convert from stage. So that was my primary way. And then I started doing mag, I started publishing my own magazine so that I could close the deals because just getting the opportunities is one aspect of it. But once I had someone interested in working with me, I would create this thing called a wow box. Like it's, it's a big box. It's designed. And I would put my books and my magazines in it and I would send it to them and blow their socks off. And then they would, everybody would hire me. Like it just works so crazy because no one does that. I was doing things that nobody does. Um, I was using it to get brand deals and sponsorships and advertisers and get free event space for my workshops. And so I was using it as a, as a way to solidify like revenue on the back end of prospecting. And um, so that's, that's what I, that's what I had. Plus I had, I could put the digital version on my website for free and just started giving it, giving it away as a lead magnet, I guess you could say. And that really helped me jumpstart my email list and build a community, grow my Facebook group to like 750 people, like really, really fast. Um, because I was just giving away value. Uh, the magazine funnel also helped me with strategic partnerships, like interviewing people and just having a door opener, like a foot in the door strategy, uh, just to make new friends and provide value to people. So I had the magazine funnel already in place for myself. And then once people started seeing, wow, this is amazing. Nobody does this. This is so cool. This is, I, I want one of those too. And so I, it turned into a service that I offer to clients just accidentally because people were experiencing it, but now it's intentional and it's basically the number one revenue generator in my business is just magazine funnels. So what advice do you have for old media? Like how can they, how can we help them 
transition and port over into using YouTube and even video in general. Uh, I've talked to actually a couple of different magazines, which is really funny to me in the past, like couple of weeks. Yeah. And they're like, our social engagement stuff is just down really bad. And like, we don't know why. And I'm like, well, you're not doing anything with video. Like you're not, yeah. like you have such a fantastic advertising opportunity if you will just add video in right. as part of like what you're offering with social, like where people are going to stay around longer, you can charge them more, you can convert more. Yeah. And it's like almost like if there's a, even like from like a, a journalist perspective, like they're going and reviewing something like they could easily create TikToks and reels and YouTube mm -hmm. shorts while they're out doing this stuff. So how do we, show them why they need to invest in this. Cause so many people say they don't have time, they don't have money. Like what do we do to help them with this transition? So I'm an, I'm an, you know, I'm an old school marketer. I came from not just Dan Kennedy, but before I was, I was a Dan Kennedy disciple. I was a, um, was the manager of advertising and consumer research at Kennedy space center for NASA. And one of my responsibilities there was managing all of the paid advertising. Okay. This was so long ago. We didn't even have social media when I was doing this job. It was, like, I was like 25 years old. And, um, but one of the key strategies that big brands use like NASA, that small business owners or small creators or marketers can adopt is that you, it's called the the marketing mix. Mm -hmm. You need to have, you need to be omnipresent. You need to be, um, you need to be using video. You need to be using print. You need to be using, you know, PR, getting on other people's platforms, podcasting, uh, social media, all, all of these things work. And you need to have the right media mix that worked for you. For me, I always, I, I understood that and I knew it and I walk, I was walking that talk to a point before I started with video, but the thing that held me back from YouTube and video was that, you know, I'm, I was like, well, for me, it, you have to be perfect because I came from corporate advertising background where if the TV, we would spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars every year on advertising, every little thing had to be perfect with video. And that was a limiting belief that I had about YouTube. And that was what prevented me from adding video marketing into my small business marketing mix was that I thought I was intimidated. Mm -hmm. I thought that YouTube meant that it had to be perfect, that it had to be high production, that you had to have like a crew come in and do all this editing. And I just didn't want to do that. And I didn't have the money for it. And um, when my friend Roger said, you don't need to do that. You just need to get started. Start making videos on your phone. And though my very best videos, the ones that have thousands or thousands of views on them, I literally recorded on my iPhone without a professional microphone with a ring light in my off. I didn't know what I was doing in terms of YouTube. I knew video, but I didn't know YouTube. And so I think you have to look at if you're if you're questioning YouTube and you're questioning video marketing, you have to understand what's holding you back. What, what in your mind are you thinking, this isn't going to work for me or I can't do this because, and then get some coaching, get some advice, get some, you know, words of wisdom from the women of YouTube that are already doing it to help you ever overcome that. I think that it's important to like remove perfection. I was a social media producer for my local CBS station. And that was a big thing that they yeah. were like, they didn't quite understand. They didn't mm -hmm. want to, it was you know, when you're really forward thinking and you're really progressive and you're fighting, you know, decades of how something is done. Like I remember they were so obsessed with numbers. Yeah. They were like, why are Facebook like numbers not up higher? And I was like, 
your engagement rate though is a 10 times higher than everybody else in right. town. It's like, we don't care about that. We need to have as many likes on our page as Fox down the street. And I was like, yeah, it's not how social media works. And I was an <laughs> uphill battle. I remember I had even pitched, they're like, we need to find a way mm-hmm. to monetize the social media. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm here for that. Cause I love making money off of social media. Yeah. And I had proposed, this is when Google Hangouts and Google, um, Google Plus was like getting the big blow up and the big glow up before, you know, for the next couple of years and it went away. And I was like, they had a sponsor sitting with like Quest, like they say, like rebranded to Xfinity or whatever, the internet company, the phone mm-hmm. company. And I was like, why don't we do a Google Plus show? It could be like a 10, 15 minute segment on Google Plus where like it can stream and we can have it sponsored by these people. It's forward thinking. We can talk about like the to-do in Arizona, like in Phoenix. And they were like, no. And I was like, you wanted me to find a way to make it. Like, no, we just need you to do, you know, give away a TV on social media in exchange for likes. And I was just like, <laughs> my hair out. Yeah. Like this isn't going to work. Right. And so it's just one of those really frustrating. So when you're fighting and you're re- resisting a something that's been going on for so long, mm-hmm. it's hard to reprogram. And like I think what's so fantastic about what you've figured out is like you know what I'm just going to show them rather than tell them, and then it's just it's going to convert yeah fantastically for them. And we can start adding all these other pieces in that are necessary as we go. Okay, so let's build on what you were just talking about with the numbers thing, because that was another thing that was holding me back from doing YouTube was because I had all these famous YouTube friends that were getting, well, when I met Roger, he only had like 45,000 subscribers. Now he's like probably almost half a million. But, um, but I, but to me, I was like, wow, you have to have tens of thousands of followers in order to make this worth your while. And I basically proved myself wrong because I started making five figures a week with less than a thousand subscribers. Five, five figures a week with less than a thousand subscribers. I just hit over, I'm like at 1,030. Like I still have less than a thousand subscribers and it has completely changed my life and completely changed my business model. I mean, I sell high ticket. So that's one thing. I'm not selling $97 courses, but the fact that you can make money on YouTube and you can monetize it without a huge following if you have the right super niche. You have, you got to be super niche down, I think. And you have the right funnel on the back of your YouTube channel. And since I'm a funnel person, I think that's also given me an advantage with my YouTube videos is that I look at the YouTube videos as just traffic and then I'm moving them into my funnel. I'm moving those eyeballs into my funnel to monetize. Okay. Well then let's, let's talk about this funnel situation because I think that's what's next. Okay. So I'm sure everyone is like, I want to make five figures a week off my YouTube channel with less than a thousand subscribers. Yes, please sign me up. Right. So what do we need to do? Let, let's start with this. Video. So what do we need to do in our videos mm-hmm. to drive them to the funnel? Like what is that transition that we need to have? So first you need to start with what key terms, key search phrases are you trying to rank for? Um, mine is magazine publishing. So you go on YouTube, you put in you, magazine publishing, I'm your girl. I'm the person that's going to show up on, like, there's a couple people that have videos that show up, but I'm, the, I'm it. Okay. So mag, so my niche is magazine publishing. You need to understand what key term can you rank for? Not also what you want to work for, because if I was trying to rank for attraction marketing or marketing strategy, I would just get hammered by Gary Vee 
not possible for me to rank for those. Okay. It's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to happen with a thousand subscribers. So what key term can you rank for? I use vidIQ to help me figure that out. All right. So that's part one. You have to be found. Part two, you're, of course, you know, everybody talks about thumbnails and titles. The thumbnails have to be clickable and the titles have to be right. Um, so that's part two of it. And then the content on the inside, don't worry about it being perfect. It doesn't have to be highly produced. It has to be valuable content that answers specific questions that the people are looking for. Yes. And that's it. Okay. Then on the back end of that, I have optimized the channel inside my banner, inside the videos, inside the description to drive those viewers to my funnels. I have a couple. I have a magazine funnel secrets masterclass, which is a pre-recorded webinar. It runs on autopilot and people register for the masterclass. They put their email address in, uh, they register for the masterclass. And then um, on the thank you page of the masterclass, once they're watching the show, there's a sign up link for my calendar and it's an application for the meeting. So they go on Calendly, they fill out the application and then books them on my calendar. That's how I get pretty much 90% of my prospects now, unless they come from a referral. Um, So that for me, that's, that's the, that's a funnel that is working really, really well right now. Um, You could also, I also have a cheat sheet and a guide to the magazine publishing process that they can sign up for a magazine. So you have to think of what lead magnet would be valuable to your viewer that would help them get a quick win, position you as an authority and move them to the next step in your sales process. I'm old fashioned because I'm traditional. I sell on the phone. (laughs) I have real life conversations with my prospects before I sell them anything. So for me, my process is they sign up for the lead magnet and then the immediate follow-up is on my calendar so that we can have a, a conversation and see if my programs are right for you. So much good stuff. I think, I mean, I love that you talked about the basics, like the things that everyone, I think, mm-hmm. talks about in general, mm-hmm. and it, but it's important to write titles, thumbnails, keywords, yeah. content. And I love the part though, and this is something you got to drive into the description to go do mm-hmm. something. And it, I don't think that it's to subscribe. Like we don't, Subscribers mm-hmm. don't pay your bills. Subscribers right. don't equal money. Views don't equal money. Like it's like, okay, the call to action I need you to make is to get on my list. Now I want, and I can just hear the people in their brains while they listen to this and they're going to be like, okay, that's great. I don't have a service. I'm trying to become an influencer. I'm trying to sell my digital products. I'm just trying to grow this community because I eventually want to turn it into something for subscribers and stuff. What do you say? What advice do you have to them to help them on their journey to ultimately turn this into money? And my opinion is probably not the most popular out of all the YouTubers and marketers on the on the planet. I'm more of a um, you know monetization plan first before marketing. So, what is your business model? And run the numbers first. <laughs> so make yourself a spreadsheet and figure out how many how many people do you need in your community or buying your course at what price in order to make it worth your while. That's why I sell high ticket, I guess you could say, is because I don't need that many clients and I don't I'm not interested in my philosophy. I'm interested in 
um, working with the right types of clients. And for me, it's not about numbers. It's just about the type of person that they are, the mission that they're on, the message that they have to share. And, and that's okay for me. I'm not, I'm not, for me personally, my motto is not about numbers. My, the way that I think about my business, it's not about big numbers. It's just about can I make a living, a really great living at this business model? Mm -hmm. So I'm probably not the coach to ask about that because someone else will have a different opinion on it. But if you don't have a service like I do and you're looking to monetize quickly, what I would recommend is affiliate sales and find existing products and existing services that you truly love, that you truly use, and that you could recommend to your audience in full and transparency and and start there because that will save you a ton of time and energy because you don't have to build it on the back end. You don't have to do all the tech build out. You don't have to do all the customer service and fulfillment. So I have like I I do this too. I have affiliate uh, marketing videos for the services that I love and recommend to my clients on my YouTube channel. I call it mailbox money and people watch the videos. They sign up using my affiliate link. And I get paid. So um, to me, that's easy because it can be just put on autopilot and you don't have to have a business structure behind it because you're just promoting someone else's business. So that would be my philosophy is just go to affiliate sales if you don't already have an existing service. Look, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but did you know that YouTube is the world's second biggest search engine? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but that's why every creator truly needs to be using vidIQ to grow their YouTube channel. vidIQ's tech helps you tailor your video ideas to match what people are searching for right now on YouTube. And once you're ready to upload, well, it starts optimizing and getting you all the details that you need to make sure your videos are getting noticed. If you really wanna dive in more and get started for free, please head over to thewomenofyoutube.com forward slash vidIQ to get started on this YouTube channel changing tool that is going to make things so much easier for you. All right, let's get back to it. Okay. So I think that it is important to talk about something that you have a gigantic, unique perspective in. Mm -hmm. You might not realize that you do. What? You work in, uh, you work in magazine publishing, mm -hmm. which means you know about advertising. Yeah. So what is it that you think advertisers, mm -hmm. aka sponsors and partners, are looking for when wanting to work with a creator? Advertisers and brands want eyeballs when they're looking to work with a creator. So they want to know um, primarily what what's in it for them. And what's in it for them is can you get them in front of their prospective clients, their prospective buyers? And a lot of brands are going to be they're going to be concerned with the number of eyeballs that you have. Other brands are going to be concerned with what I call the buying power of the people that are on you in your audience or on your list. Um, so it might not be all about eyeballs, but it might be about the buying power. So maybe like for high end luxury brands, they're, they're not trying to market to the masses, but they were trying to market to a very specific niche type of person. Mm -hmm. um, most of my clients are using their magazine to build their existing business. I have two types of clients. The majority of them are using the magazine as an authority marketing tool and to grow their email list so that they can sell their services to them. Okay. They're not as much concerned about making money with advertising. They do but it's just a passive, it's just another income source. It's just another monetization stream. It's not the whole business. And then I do have some clients who 
just publish a magazine just to sell advertising. And that is the primary business model. I have a lot of clients who are like, I have a client right now who is retired and she came from magazine publishing and advertising in a background. And she was thinking about buying a local magazine, like one of those re like neighborhood magazines, but they wanted to charge her $40,000 to hold the local license. And so she decided to create her own because she could have complete control of it. Um, I would say the types of clients that I have are 80-20 split in that 80% are what I said about just building their business and only 20% are selling advertising. But if you are interested in getting brand deals or sponsorships or selling advertising in your business, keep in mind that those are the two primary things they're looking for is the number of eyeballs you have on your media and then the buying power of the people. So when, how do we advertise each one individually? So I know for, let's use women of YouTube as an example. We are a niche community and we are a small but mighty community of women we're focused on creating. In fact, like the numbers on the back end say that 90% of our listeners are women and 5% are undefined and 5% are men. And um, so it's very specific who we're talking to, what we talk about. So when people want to work with us, it becomes this combination of they want the, they want our listeners to become customers because anything that I would associate and advertise would support their business. Right. right? So like we have spread shop at coming on board as a sponsor. They want to help creators, especially women creators, mm -hmm. with making money by selling their own merchandise. And so we're, mm -hmm. we have a whole plan to deep dive into like how you do it, what's going to happen. Obviously, this is like a teaser that I'm telling you is this is happening soon. And okay. so it's one of those kinds of things. But then there's also brands that want association. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with vidIQ, they are big advocates for supporting the creator community as much as humanly possible. They also understand that like a lot of our audience are already customers. So for them, it's still like a play of association. Like we want to be associated with, with this brand mm -hmm. uh, because we believe in the mission, the purpose. And so I'm sure there's also like other things in there. Like I don't want to make any assumptions, but mm -hmm. you know, things that could happen with other brands, other opportunities. They might want to be associated because of what you want to do. It might just be like um, a, like kind of like how Coke has billboards everywhere that you go, right? It's just, if I'm everywhere and you've seen me a lot, you're always going to remember me and stuff. How do we advertise those two different ones? Like association and eyeball, you know, eyeball play or let me get, help you convert sales. Cause I feel like those are two separate conversations and two separate kind of people who are wanting those. Yeah, totally. And a lot of times brands might come on with you because of association. So when, a, when I was doing live events in 2020, I was speaking at other people's conferences and then also holding my own workshops. And I would do two events a month. And I had just moved to Denver like three years ago and I didn't know anybody. I had no relationships here, basically starting my business from scratch. I owned an agency before in Florida. And when I moved to Colorado, I had to start it. I started it from ground zero, this business. And so one of the first things that I did was publish my magazine, start, and it was a female um, entrepreneur centered magazine called Boss Women Rock. And I reached out to some big corporations that I knew were headquartered here in Denver. And like uh, one of them is Zero. They're a QuickBooks competitor. And I reached out to Zero and I said, I'm a, I'm a speaker and a coach. I have a magazine and I'm doing these workshops and I need sponsors. <laughs> and what I'm looking for is what I want is just a place to hold the workshop. And in exchange for that, I will 
put a full page ad in the magazine for you. I'll promote you on my social media, put you on my, I had a podcast, put you on my podcast, do all this stuff for you. And, um, is that something that you'd be interested in doing? And I told him about, you know, entrepreneurs and what we're, what we do and how entrepreneurs buy accounting software, like, you know, and they're like, sure, we'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. And this, I, it was, my magazine was brand new. My show was brand new. I had hardly any subscribers and, um, they just wanted to be associated with me and associated with the brand and associated with the events. And so they gave me free training space and free, free space to hold my workshops, which would have cost me thousands of dollars. Plus they helped me promote my event to their internal client list. And we were selling out workshops um, because of that sponsorship and because of that, that brand association. So yes, that can be super valuable also above and beyond just, you know, but above and beyond eyeballs. But what I had was buying power. It wasn't the number of people that I was going to bring into their headquarters, you know, and it wasn't the number of people that I had as subscribers, but it was the right type of person that they wanted to get in front of. I think that that's really important for us to know. So what advice then do you have for finding sponsors? For finding Cause I think sponsors? that that's the hardest. I think it's like, like it's like, how do we find the companies we want to work with? Because we have to remove ourselves, I think, from the big ones. Like, okay, yeah. Amazon's not going to sponsor you. Um, you know, Beyonce's not going to sponsor you. All the big <laughs> brand. Like, let's get, let's get more focused a little bit yeah. down to down to what we need. Like, so how do we find them? And then how? What do we need to have prepared to? to talk to them. Like, what do we got to show them? What we got to say all that kind of stuff. Okay. Perfect question. So what I did was just old fashioned prospecting. Like I had to sell myself at the beginning. Now I have companies reaching out to me, but it wasn't like that at the beginning. Like when I first moved to Denver, knew no one started this business from scratch, had no connections, zero connections. I had to take it upon myself to do the research and look for companies that, I thought would be of benefit to my clients and to my audience and to my network, to my readers and viewers. Um, that was a hundred percent on me. And I just made, I wrote email pitches and I reached out to the, I did some research on LinkedIn and on their website to find the person that was in charge of like women in leadership initiative programs. So I wasn't going to like the marketing director or the sales director or the CEO of the company I was, cause my magazine was called boss women rock. I was looking for, do they have women in leadership initiatives at this company? And I would go to that person. So that was a little creative prospecting on my part. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, Hey, I saw that, you know, you guys have this initiative, right? Is this something that, and I have a community of people <laughs> I'm doing events, my own events. I've got a magazine, a podcast, a platform. Is this something that we could work together on because we have the same mission? And that would, and they would say yes, because that's their job is like, if you position yourself correctly and you present yourself professionally, they're looking for opportunities. They're looking for creators and marketers and small businesses to support. Um, so that part was, was kind of easy. So then my job, once I got a yes from that person, um, then, then I would send them a media kit and the media kit is just a two page PDF. I have, um, give them link to my social media platform so they could see that I'm, that I have a good reputation. I have good reviews. 
that I could be, you know, trusted, send them to my website so they could watch my videos and my reels and all those things. And, and it would, the, the media kit would help make the women in leadership initiative person's job easy by, by giving them what they needed to get a yes and to get all the funding that we needed to do the events. I think that, yeah, having all of that organized in a way that is easy to share and display, I think is super helpful. And I know there's different websites that you can find that will help you with it. And even just a simple PDF, one page yeah. that you could send out, yep. it's all you really need to have that constant co content that never changes. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So we've talked a lot about how you have made money. We talked about how your information, your expertise can help us all make money. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about... What advice you have when it comes to creating content? A little bit of rapid fire, shall we? So what do you record with? Well, now I record with a Canon DSLR camera, mm -hmm. um, I, but I started on my iPhone. Okay. Who are your favorite female creators? I love Heather from Think Media. I think she's awesome. I went through the Video Ranking Academy um, program with with the Think Media team, and I and I really like Heather. I like her energy, and um, so she's one of my favorites. She's awesome. I love yeah. her too. She's been on the show. She's I know. I listen. So relatable. Her. She's so relatable. <laughs> she is. She's great. <laughs> so, what is the next goal that you're looking forward to hitting that YouTube is going to help you accomplish? Doesn't have to be like a YouTube milestone. Like I don't not like ten thousand or whatever. But like, what is the next goal in your business and your channel, whatever that YouTube is going to help you accomplish? So the next goal for me is truthfully to hire a salesperson that can do a lot of the um, prospecting calls. I'm actually trying to convince my husband to come work for me because <laughs> he's in sales and he's really good at it. Um, it's because that would be, I have a team on the back end of my business. I have a project manager, I have graphic designers and tech people, and I have all of that. But the bottleneck in the business right now is that I'm still doing all of the sales calls, which is a good thing, I think, because when people see you on YouTube, if you're selling a service, you're selling if you're selling yourself. Right. You know, so like they see me on YouTube, they get on my calendar, I do a Zoom call with them and then they see me just like this, just like how I looked on YouTube. They love it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe I'm finally getting to talk. I can't believe you're talking. You're a real person. You're a real person. You know, like that's great. And that's a huge uh, competitive advantage I think I have with selling. Um, but it is a bottleneck in my company right now. And because YouTube is, is really just keeping my calendar full, that's one of the next goals that I'm working on is mm -hmm. how can I, without, <laughs> without crushing my close rate, how can I fix that problem of either training someone up to do those initial sales calls or um, even just, or maybe if I still have to do them, how can I get someone that can, that I can trust enough to take care of my prospects and my clients enough to where I could systemize that and, and hand that part off. That's what I'm working on. Okay. So who is your dream collaboration? Dream collaboration. Oh gosh, that's a great question. I don't know if I even have one right now. I don't even know if I have one to tell you the truth, because I feel like I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit alone in my space, which is a good thing, right? Cause there aren't that many people that do magazine publishing. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't have one. I'd have to think about that. Well, I can answer for you. It was okay. IQ because you were collaborating oh, yeah. with me and them on a video together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Which will make sure to include the link to that video once it publishes up in our show notes. So you've got that. <laughs> so, sorry, I had to throw it in there, right? Okay. What's, your, what's your favorite video that you've made so far? Um, My favorite video, I mean, my favorite video is my first one that I did, like just on, just on my iPhone, sitting in my office, just sharing from my heart without the, you know, the knowledge of the YouTube algorithm or trying to feed the machine or anything like that. It was just completely natural. And it just has, it has just worked so well that I'm so grateful for that video. It, it, that one video, you know, they always say like, you're one funnel away or you're one video away. It's true. You are. And so that one video completely changed my life. So that's going to be my favorite one. I love that it's like the video that changed your life. Like that's the favorite one, not like your most highest production one or highest converting one, but the I one mean, that actually started. It looks terrible. I mean, it doesn't look terrible, but it's, it's not, it's not anything fancy. So yeah. What's your favorite part of being a creator? My favorite part of being a creator is that I can run this business from my house. This is, this is my basement. Um, it's my basement is redone. It's, but it's, a little office in my basement <laughs> that's like 10 by 10, nothing fancy. And I just love that. And I like working from home and I, um, I like, I truthfully like not having to travel to live events twice a month. I mean, I know that sounds weird as a speaker, but I'm, I'm, I've been spoiled now with how easy it is to get your message out in front of people by turning on your camera, turning on your lights, pressing record. I hear that one super hard because yeah. I just flew back from Phoenix yesterday and that Eastern to Pacific yeah. time journey, Malanta, it's intense. I'm like, I feel like I time traveled and lost a day because it's like you lose. Like, yeah. It was, it's journey. It's hard in your body. It's hard mm -hmm. in your time. I'm like, I don't think I want to travel to the West Coast anymore. Now yeah. That, now that I'm a Michigander, I'm like, it's such a pain. It is very funny because I'm with you hard on it because I'm like, I want to travel and speak because I mm. need people in my life because I'm an extrovert. And so it's my way to <laughs> get my feel because it's me and my husband and my dogs in the house all day. We we'll wait for our kids to come home. Right. So, I mean, I feel you hard on that. This just in this exact moment for sure. And I'm a so major introvert, but so like speaking, like people are always like, you're an introvert and your job is to be on camera. And I'm like, yeah. Introverts because make the best YouTubers. If I said it once, I will say it a thousand times. Mm. Introverts love it because it's like the illusion of socialization, right? right? It's like we can get our point across without having to like drain our energy that the people do. And then there's people like me that I'm like, the more I talk to a machine, the little bit more of my soul that dies. And so that's why I have to get out of my house and get some time with people. Yeah. Even just like having these kinds of conversations mm -hmm. are super good for my soul. So I'm super right. grateful for that as well. Yeah. But I hear you on that. Yeah. But remember this, everyone out there, introverts are the best YouTubers. You can totally do it. And I'd say, I'm like, well, I don't feel like there's anybody in the room. It's just me and, and I'm talking to the camera and I try to imagine that I'm talking to one person on the camera, but just from a physical standpoint of like being able to be home and eat my own food, being able to work out, not being able to sleep in my own bed. Those things like that really helps me. My own bathroom. Yeah. yeah. My own bathroom yeah. situation. My own water that I know is like good and delicious. Mm -hmm. I hear you. All of the things. All, all of it. Yes. Things. 
So do you think that there's room on YouTube for new creators? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you just have to find, you have to find your difference. You have to find your unique angle on it and, you know, go where most other people haven't gone before and don't be afraid to do something different with it. But there's definitely room. 100%. Well, where can people find you on the YouTubes? On the YouTubes, you can find me under my name, Jen DeVore Richter, or just type in magazine publishing in YouTube search and you'll see me. <laughs> and we'll have the link to her page in our show notes. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Jen. I'm so grateful for you, your time, your talent, for cracking the code, for making lots of buku bucks on the YouTubes. I Thank you for too. that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> remember, remember, you and everyone listening are possibly amazing. Until next time, peace. Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts.